What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Dick. On today's show, uh, more of the same from yesterday. Uh, we are in rally mode here again this morning. There are still more uh Cases and deaths both going up in the U.S., but we're going to talk about why the market does not seem to really care about that, at least right now, uh, and uh, what that can mean going forward here. Our guest is Nick Shaheen, author of Create Income with Option Spreads. He would join the show at 8.35, as he does every other Tuesday. Uh, in the meantime, I will throw it to Joel here, and Joel, update us here on what has happened in the overnight session. Uh, there's going to be follow through from yesterday's rally, folks. Uh, technically based rally yesterday. You had a roof on the market at that 2640 area. We took it out, the strong buying balances, and the algos went to work overnight, and they were just buy, 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 buy. No resistance in here. Uh, Pre-market had a little dip, 2623.50. That was pretty far away from any of my long entry orders. Sprinted at 27.45, nothing up there for you folks. March 12th high uh, is 27.62, and then the 50% retracement. We talked about it yesterday. Who thunk it would be here today? That's at 27.86, and that also fits in with the average daily range too. So that's your target on the upside. A crude, quiet session, up 21 cents, tried to rally, got to 27.24, turned back now, headed towards the low of the session. Uh, not much support until you get down to yesterday's low in crude. That's 25.28. Gold, seven-year high, got to 17.42.60. Uh, pulled back off that level and had a $50 drop. Still up 9.20, though, at uh, 17.03.10. Bitcoin uh, is up $110, 
7440 and silver up a smart 3.11% at 1564 triple D. Can you believe this rally? Yes. <clears throat> yes, you know why? You got everybody caught short. Everybody caught short and I was thinking about this yesterday morning. We talked on the show and I felt like the rally was a little more for real because it was based what I said on health and not on the Fed. So it wasn't an artificial rally. It was actually based on the apex being closer than what everybody thought, including myself. And I said, you know, I came in short and I was in trouble, like serious trouble. Like I was like probably going to lose some pretty good money today. But I turned around and I just started trading. I made some calls, you know, and I was like, I got to get covered on this. I got a swing short spy on. I was like, I got to cover that. I covered that at 257, I think. Right there on 257 and a half, right near the open. It was like for 257, 257 and a half. I'm like, because I'm on the wrong side of this. And then I was scrambling around. I went to my invest portfolio. I tried to, and I started buying some preferred stocks that hadn't run yet. There was some preferreds that actually opened up too low, and some of them hadn't run. Obviously, your big guns, you know, were running already, like the retail and stuff was really running. But there was some opportunities to turn it around quickly if you were quick so i actually unbelievably it has to be one of my best trading days ever because i came in short and i ended up making money yesterday like making a pretty good money which is unbelievable from you know to be short and the market goes up you know three and a half percent overnight and then to make the make it green um i just had a really good trading day you know i did some stuff like shorting teledoc i talked about it on the show I short it right um, after we got done the show, um, just around like 9, 10 in the pre-market. I, and I made six points on that. That was a huge help. Use the Zoom as an indicator. That helped That helped on that one. But I mean, um, I've definitely, I just thought of myself being caught short. I'm like, there's a lot of other people caught short. So what you saw all day yesterday was a big time squeeze. And you were seeing follow through here this morning with more squeeze. Again, we talked about this yesterday. I thought in the short term, I didn't think it was going to happen in two days, but I thought we could eventually get up to that 50% retracement. We're within striking distance of that now. It's unbelievable that we've come this far. I thought in the next week or two, we could get to the 50% retracement. We're doing it in almost 24 hours. So 50% retracement on the spy, Joel. Give us that number again. 278.66, and that correlates to 27.86 in the uh, June S&P 500. What's the overnight on the E-minis? 45, 27.45. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So you were what, about 30 points shy? 40. 40 points shy. Yeah. It's within striking distance. I mean, it could happen today. Again, if you're buying stocks now, you better be picking, you know, the right ones because I'm not chasing anything that's run this far in two days. Yesterday morning, I didn't mind chasing a little bit. At 257, 258 spy, I was like, okay, I'll try. I bought you know, Canadian Utilities, which is a Canadian company. Um, I bought some preferred stocks in Canada that hadn't really come back that much yet. It lagged a bit. There were some preferred stocks that were lagging. I actually had a really good one, a day trade on um, this HT uh, preferred stock which is a small one, which opened up hardly at all um, and ended up running. I, I made up about 25% on it, which is, you know, for a day trade, I was in the trade about 30 minutes. So there was definitely some really good, um, well, it was a little bit more than that because I actually bought a pre-market, but um, there was some good trading opportunities on some stuff that actually didn't open that high. Some stuff opened up, everything opened up, Yep. but some stuff didn't open up that much. 
And when you're short, you know, I do my best trading. I find that I do my best trading. I don't know who, you know, for everybody else, but I find I do my best trading when I'm in trouble. You know, I, I find a way to get myself out of trouble somehow. And yesterday should have been a huge down day for me. And I end up green. So it felt like a pretty good day. I mean, I didn't make a ton of money. You know, some of these days I've really done really, really well, but I didn't lose a ton of money. And when you're short coming in and market rallies up 3% overnight, you're like, or three and a half percent overnight, you're like, whoa, this is going to be hard to get out of this mess. Somehow I traded myself out of the mess. And uh, Spencer, go ahead and pull up the daily here um, on the S&P. And I mean, you could see, uh, you know, we had the high on the 27th at 3450. Two days later, he hit 3575, pulled back. And then you teased, you know, you, you got up there again. But, you know, this was, you know, this was like your third time up here. We also high at 2575. Uh, so it was your fourth time up there. And, you know, and you also have people that, you know, say, okay, well, I'm going to get a shot this morning. You know, we hit that resistance level. It's going to pull back a little bit off that resistance level. And then I'm going to get in. And you know what? You're not. I mean, and of course, anything could happen today. But I mean, you just it technically based. And you know what? The algos don't care about the fundamentals. I mean, they they sensed, you know, people were short. They sensed the levels and yeah. they just go and they just buy. So it's, um, you know, it. The momentum swings are incredible. Uh -huh. And when you get caught on the wrong side of it, it's ugly. When you get caught on the right side of it, it's awesome. But it's yep. a great point you're making. An algorithmic driven market. The momentum, once it turns, scrambles. And think about how much, you know, people, and even in mind, the long-term invest portfolio. It's not performing well, I tell you, when the market goes up. I mean, my trading account did very well. You know, I scrambled myself out of trouble, but I'm still sitting. You know, I, put, I bought three, so it helps a little bit. I don't know. I haven't really analyzed my cash. I've bought about eight to nine stocks since this whole trouble began. We know I talked about the Microsoft buys. The Kroger I already sold out of because I thought that was, I made 18% on that in seven trading sessions. I thought that was good enough. And it's not the kind of stock that's going to rally, you know, and, and drive us higher in this market. But um, I was scrambling around yesterday trying to find stuff that hadn't moved. And I was like digging in the preferreds a bit. Some of them hadn't moved yet. Um, so there is some opportunities. You just got to be quick and you got to really hunt right now. But I'd say at this point in time, um, I'm not looking really for, for, for buying stuff now. I think you get up there, there's 50% retracement. I think it's a tough level to get through. When you really analyze it from a fundamental basis, I know there's some people, one guy was on CNBC this morning saying we're going to new all-time highs you know, by the end of the fourth quarter. And he actually put a target of 3,400 on the S&P, which I think is insanity. But, you know, there's people out there that, you know, obviously are very bullish uh, still. I think the real reality is we look like we're getting on top of this. We look like exactly what we I'm just repeating what I was saying yesterday. We look like we're getting on top of it. Um, the numbers themselves overnight actually weren't even that great. But, you know, the apex is probably closer then, you know, maybe, you know, this late April targets that a lot of people were thinking about. So that's why the market, you know, rallied. But now the question is, okay, we're still in a world of trouble, really, when you think about it nor from a normal perspective. I mean, COVID is still out there. Did we just reopen everything? I'm sure Nick Shaheen's going to come on. He was saying that two weeks ago, just to reopen everything. I think it's a mistake to do that because I think then all of a sudden you start to see a lot more people die. And I value deaths more than, or I value lives more than the economy. So it's difficult to really say what, you know, how to get this really reopened safely. And, you know, that's what the uh, that's what yeah, politicians got to figure out. Yep. So, so just uh, to 
put some numbers behind this. Yeah, let's do uh, it. So we've talked about how the market seems to be driven by uh, the new deaths, particularly in New York. So there were 599 deaths reported yesterday in the state of New York. That brings the statewide death toll total to f- approximately 4,700. It's the second day in a row that the New York state death toll has hovered around that 600 level. So it, it seems to have plateaued at least temporarily. Uh, new cases in the state yesterday, we know that's not, a, it's not, it's more of a lagging indicator. Uh, 8,000 new cases confirmed yesterday, bringing the statewide total to 130,000. Across the U.S., though, the, while the death toll was plateauing in New York, there was uh over 1,200 new deaths reported yesterday across the country. Okay, a lot of that in yeah. in Georgia and Louisiana. Okay, there are now there are also 30,000 new cases confirmed yesterday. So there are now uh, almost here actually this uh, I, oh, there are almost 11,000 uh, deaths in the U.S. and 336,000 cases in the U.S. So the, the, the death toll in New York plateaued for a couple of days. Yeah. It's, still, it's still going up across the country. That's why I don't really understand why, uh, why everyone's feeling so optimistic. Because- I, I think it was just classic short squeeze. So you got to separate it from a little bit from fundamentals, the rally yesterday. It started as a health rally and then it turned into a full-on short squeeze and some panic buying. People say, I don't want to miss it. I've been waiting so long. I'm going to miss it. You're going to, I think you're going to get, I don't know if you're going to retest the lows. Maybe the low, I mean, obviously the low is in, temporary low is in, it's obvious. You know, people are coming (laughs) as the low end, the lows in. I mean, the low, maybe not the low of the whole year, but you know, we're going to take a lot of work to get back down to that lows. It would take a lot of bad news to get down back to that 220 SPY low, a lot of bad news. So the low is in, you know, at least for now. And so now it's a matter of, you know, do we get a pullback back into that 250 congestion area, 255 congestion area to reload some stocks? I think you eventually do. And that's why I'm not going to panic buy in my portfolio here. Like I said, I will pick on stocks. And you know what? You're going to get an opportunity, I believe, this earnings season. You're going to see some stocks that report some bad numbers get slammed by the news algo. Those will be opportunities to buy, in my opinion, because we know the expectations for a lot of companies are going to be low. We had a lot of companies even pre-reporting last night or at least giving guidance, and none of them were good. But none of them were really getting hit hard. So um, that's a consideration. I think that's going to be the way that, you know, I'm going to try to rebuild some of my portfolio is maybe picking on some of the earning stocks that potentially get hit and buying the dip. Classic, buy the dip is back. So um, with that all being said, it's still, we still have a lot of issues. So like you, you're citing, Spencer, you know, we're not at the apex in the rest of the country. We might be getting close to New York, but the rest of the country was not self-quarantining nearly as fast as New York was. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of pain ahead. So I think there is going to be more dips. Right now, you're still in a squeeze mode, though. And you just, yeah, also um, now on, re- I mean, you, you saw it uh, last week, right? We got hit, and it was like, okay, 2,400. I just I want to see 2,400. You know, 2,410 at that point was halfway back of the rally. I think everyone was like, I was waiting for that. I'm like, this is the test. This is the test. And you know what? It, it had three pokes at it, and it didn't get there. And then, of course, you know, we turned things around, you know, Sunday night. So you get, six, you know, five, 600 points off the low. You know, it's just, you know, and I've talked about this before. Um, you know, the deck, you know, when I used to hold the deck on the yeah. floor, 
they would, you know, the market would go down and it would clear out all the buys and all the sell stops, right? Yeah. And then the de- then you know, so there'd be nothing on the downside of your deck. And then on the top, it'd be above. It would be sells and buy stops. And then the farther the market went down, the bigger the deck would would clear would would form on the upside. And what you're doing now is you're clearing out the deck, man. You're clearing out the you know people that bought this for intermediate trades. You're stopping people out on buys. So now you cleared out the top of the deck. Now the bottom of the deck is going to reform, and that's yeah. you know that's how you know you develop the feel from the mar- for the market, and it's just it's classic. It, the market will go where it can inflict the most pain on the most amount of people most of the time. Absolutely, and that's what we're seeing right now is people who are banking that we're retesting the lows. I was in that camp. I was in that camp two days ago. But you know what? You've got to be able to change your opinion quickly as a trader and be able to get out when you're on the wrong side of the trade. I mean, I was in that camp so much that I had overnight short swings on, short spy, flat out short spy, thinking that, you know, I don't see really the catalyst to drive us higher here overnight. And this was, you know, on Friday. And I'm like, I'm comfortable being short over the weekend. And then I looked at the numbers on Sunday. I was like, I'm in trouble. I even tweeted out. I was like, I'm tweeting against my own position because I tweeted out at four o'clock before the futures open. And I asked our, my, our followers a question, which I was obviously implying that I think we're going to see a flattening the curve rally. And we started seeing it. We opened up 30 S&P handles and we've never looked back. Since. What did you have? Like a 247? You covered it like 259 or something two, like two, that? No, I, I actually got on that really good. I shorted that in, uh, early in the day Friday. And we actually, I was four points and I shorted over 249, 249 and a half, I think on SPY. And um, I was four points. So it was 245 at one time. So I was actually doing really well in that short. And I was like, I'm holding this. And we had a ridiculous rally right at the end of the day on the imbalances on Friday. And I was like, no, I'm going to hold through the weekend here because I don't see the catalyst take us higher. And I was wrong. And I'm looking at this position. And I'm like, I need to find a way out of this trouble. And you know, obviously, you know, I, I've got to admit that I'm wrong. And that was a great, you know, you, people don't, the people think you lose money. It's a bad trade. That was a great trade. It was a great trade. I only lost, you know, eight points. Right now, I would be down on that 21 points two days later. That was a great trade. I, I literally was dead wrong. And I minimized my damage to only 30% of the possible damage here right now. Plus, I turned around and started actually buying stocks and somehow made the trading day green, which I don't even know how the hell I did that. I was just, you know, I had good trading. I, like I said, I, I trade better, you know, and I don't, I don't often pat myself on the back on the show. But, you know, I trade better when I'm in trouble, when I'm on the wrong side. I think I see clearer somehow. You know, I've always been a risk manager. I've always, you know, probably my issue has always been, you know, I'm very good at getting in the trade, not that good at getting out of trades. I've always said my exits suck. I get out way too soon. You know, we've joked Alex on Twitter calls me FIFO. It's totally true. First in, first out. But I'm very good at identifying. This is why I've been in business 20 years. I'm very good at identifying when I'm in trouble. And then I can turn around and, you know, through the years of experience, I don't mind flipping my position. So I turn around and actually start buying stocks. And, you know, and, that, and that's, you know, why I ended up having a pretty good day. Hey, Dennis, do you have like an alarm that goes off in the trade cave when like, you know, you, like, you need to start reversing course and just- in my like, head. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> an alarm but in my head. Okay. <laughs> but there's uh, no like- How about, and I just want to, we'll get into individual stocks here in a second, but uh, we were doing the, uh, the show. Um, late in the day yesterday and we were just waiting for the imbalances and 
I blinked, okay? The low of the 15 or the 351 bracket was 2637. The high of the 1552 bracket was 2657.75. And I and that's a, a minute. I bet you they did that in I don't know, 5 seconds, 10 seconds. I don't know if you, you know, how if I could get anything but did, were you, uh, you you saw that blast, right, Dennis? Were you kind of braced for it? That was right when the imbalances came out. 20 handle, 21 handle bracket. The imbalances are moving stocks. And we talked about this on the show yesterday uh, with, um, yep. Jonathan Corpina. with Jonathan Corpina. And we knew that that was happening. You know, we talked about why that was happening. Because the floor brokers aren't there to, you know, first of all, provide liquidity the last second but secondly at 350 they're not getting any early looks so the market doesn't have that information priced in like it normally does so it's a big difference okay you want to cover uh, yeah let's talk about the one stock that actually does have some fundamental basis for its rally here and that's carnival cruise lines uh a 8.2 percent stake from the uh saudi uh sovereign wealth fund that they that was disclosed uh yesterday morning here so CCL has a new stake from the Saudis. So that's presumably a, a nice vote of confidence there. Dennis, you want to comment on I've this? I've got free trades. Just hang on. Oh, you go, guys go, 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 go. Okay, let me Sometimes do in this environment, like it's a crazy environment, I've, I've got a trade going on. I'm trying to work out of here right, right so Okay, no, that's fine. I can, you know. I'm not a preferred can... stock. I'm not going to talk about it, but. Okay. Um, well, it's, I mean, they obviously think the bottom is in here. Uh, very, very, very good day yesterday. Uh, we went, uh, we had a close on Friday at 849. You went to 1021. Big vote of confidence there. Uh, back up, tested the low. Um, if you were so inclined, this thing had a low at 790. And you got to look at it um, on last week at 780. Popping up in the pre-market here, uh, trading up a buck seventy-nine at twelve even. Uh, let me get to the intraday chart. I can give you the intraday high and or the pre-market high, and then you can use that as a target. Uh, it's just hovering up here. It's uh, the high is twelve twenty-seven. We're currently trading at twelve bucks, so you want to see follow-through through that pre-market high. And your next day, ooh, that coincides with your high from uh, April Fool's Day at 1261. So pretty good level for you there. Um, recent high of the, uh, after that was 1455. So pick some different areas. I also like to look at closes. And uh, you had two closes uh, flanking the $13 level, 1280 and 1317. So uh, nice two-day move here in Carnival Cruise Lines. Let's look at uh, Royal Caribbean. I'm sure they're moving in sympathy with it. Uh, that's up five bucks at 34.70. Looks like it still has some more room to go here, continuing to make new highs on the pre-market session. Uh, what do we got a daily high? A couple targets for you here. 35.65 was your high on March 31st. That's a buck away. And then it opens up to 37.53. Uh, that's your March 27th high. And then the other Cruise Line, NCLH, Norwegian, uh, same chart. I mean, they're all looking the same here. Trash for trash. 
<laughs> it is. It's the dash. Yesterday was a dash for trash. It continues here this morning. I mean, you know, do, the do you want to know? Lines. Do you, you want to know some of the some of the stocks at the top of my up filter here? All the, all the garbage. Sea World. Oh yeah, Sea World, Cinemark, uh, the theater chain. Yeah. Uh, Bl- Bloomin' Brand, Spirit Airlines, Six Flags. Oh my God, Six Flags is that, is that up fifteen percent this morning? Yes. Market maybe. maybe. Yeah. David, I'll, I'll David, look at mine too. Same. Dave and Buster's, Denny's, Red Robin, MGM. Yep. I mean, Win, yep. Nordstrom. Avis yeah. Budget Group. I mean, and then really? a bunch of those small REITs, like the ones that were are all still probably going out of business, but they're getting the relief pop, like MITT. You know that thing's trading up twenty five percent here this morning. That's what you're seeing. It's the classic dash for trash. I mean, this is what happens when the markets, you know, look like they're turning. If that stuff's going to rally the most, the stuff that's been absolutely murdered. But really, when you put it in perspective, like, you know, you look at, you know, where these stocks are and where they were. I mean, this is a nothing rally because stock prices are so low. And NCLH rally, you know, that you're talking about up 17% looks awesome. The person that bought it yesterday. But if you just bought it five days ago or seven days ago at 20, it, it doesn't look that great. So that's where we're at. Let's look at Wayfair here. Uh, Ticker Vault in the YouTube chat asked us to look at look at this one. They they rallied off their uh, guidance headline on on Monday morning. Was it Monday morning? Yeah, I believe yep. it was Monday morning. Uh, that they're going to beat their guidance. A lot of people, I guess, went out and bought uh, office furniture uh, online. Uh, Ticker Vault in the YouTube chat is noting that they have a 60 million share float. Short short interest has always been higher on this one. Uh, he's saying it's 30 percent of the float, which would be very high. Uh, I don't know what it is exactly, but that sounds right to me based on what, what I know of their short interest in the past. So it's a popular stock among shorts and they've gotten their uh, faces ripped off here in the last couple of days. All right, nice move here. Uh, nice pop. We're going to make a look at uh, yesterday's high up 250. I just would keep an eye on that for continue continuation, 76.47. Uh, was your high from yesterday. We haven't taken that out. Very important to take that out and continue higher. Uh, things open up after that to 81.82, but I don't know if it has a gas to get there today. But I, I would just uh, I would keep an eye on that high from yesterday from a technical perspective. We, we talked about that 80 level being huge. It's not coincidental that it stalled out a little bit below that. Didn't quite get up to the 80.76.47, but I agree with Joel. I think even if you get up over it, 80 bucks is going to start to become a factor there. I mean, this thing was $20 three weeks ago. Like, let's get some perspective here. If you're coming and buying this at 80, you're doing it backwards, in my opinion. Um, You know, these are rallies. And let's talk about this overall. If you've been in this market, and there's been a lot of people who have been very, very, very nervous about this market and, you know, maybe getting spanked. Like, we went straight down in March with not much, you know, of a bounce at all. You know, obviously, we had a few little bounces in there, but... Um, you know, if you were sitting there and eating a 30% loss in your overall portfolio, you're getting half of the losses back here really in the last, you know, two weeks, but the majority of it here in the last two days. So if you ever wanted to lighten up, the market's giving you an opportunity to lighten up. So I was already lightened up, so I'm not going to lighten up into this as much probably, but cause I'm already pretty light in my long-term portfolio. But if you're nervous about stocks going forward and you're nervous about the market going forward, man, this has given you a nice opportunity to lighten up. I don't know where we go from here. Maybe we can eventually go back to all-time highs. I mean, we get a cure, changes everything. We probably could. I think that's the only way we get back to all-time highs is if there's a full-on cure. Like there's like a therapy that just absolutely works and nobody's dying anymore. I think that's really, or the death rate drops substantially. But 
I, I think there's, you know, also the possibility that this could still be ugly for a while and we don't know how to get out of it. So I, I think it's not a bad opportunity if you're nervous about your portfolio to be lightening up into some of these rallies. That's what makes a market. Yeah. It all, all right. depends on your own situation. I mean, but there was definitely some people who probably were too long for their own personal situation coming in. I mean, this market's been going straight up for how long, Joel? And, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, you get a 30% whoosh, not out of nowhere, but it caught a lot of people very much by surprise. We know that. So when you come and you look at it now, you think, okay, well, you got half those losses back. We're all about, I love, you know, what, what we said in our technical analysis book, Joel. Support, resistance, and trends, and 50% retracements. Isn't that what we say our first four pages are if we ever wrote that book? <laughs> yeah. That might yeah. be the only four pages in my technical analysis book. <laughs> Those are the four things that I use. And you know what? That 50% retracement is going to come into play here once again. It, I think, it, it gives you, you know, it's in between the FIB numbers and stuff. And it, it gives you, you know, when, when something, you know, looks like it turns, you know, it gives you like something to look for and a level yeah. that you could play it up to. Or, if, you know, if you're long, it could give you, you know, a, a potential exit. And then, you know, the same way, if it busts through, uh, you know, then, you you know, you'll recoup the whole move. So there's a lot of, lot of different things that you use on that. Uh, 828, I mean, considering how crazy this market's been, we're really quiet here, Dennis. Uh, quiet before the storm. Uh, we hit a high. See, how long? We've been on the show here for a half hour. And our range, we started at eight o'clock. Uh, we had a high of our, we've had, we haven't even had a 10 point range uh, during the last uh, 30 minutes. Now, you know, that's going to change when the real liquidity comes in here. Uh, but just hanging out up 74.25 handles. Uh, crew did come down and try to nick the low of the session, but now back up 45 cents. I think for you crude traders there, kind of hard to be shorted. You know, with the Saudis and uh, the Russians talking and the potential intervention there. But uh, 26 closed down at that area yesterday, 2608. And I got a weekly level there, 26 as well. So good to go north and crude as long as you're holding 26 bucks. What about some of these these names that maybe aren't, or I guess are, are blocking the trend here? We talked about Teladoc yesterday, and and Dennis kind of pinpointed Teladoc and Zoom as as the two. I guess like yeah. the the ground zero for the the uncorrelated or the inversely correlated marketplace here, as it I, seems I, to be those I, two. Sorry, sorry, cut you off. Know, no, I, I was like, the, you pause for a second. Two, I thought you wanted yeah, to jump in. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I half paused there. That doesn't uh, need much of a pause. No, yeah. Uh, but those two are sort of driving the inverse uh, train here. Yeah. Um, the coronavirus, classic stocks, and those, that trade was coming off with a significant rally. Not surprising. I will say this Zoom thing, obviously, you know, the hangover on this thing is the investigation that's going on into how they're handling the privacy and you know, as some of these videos being exposed, that's a wild card for it. I will say you have major support down in that $100 area. So you got down there yesterday to 108, couldn't quite get down there, mm -hmm. found significantly. Now I would use that 108. You pull back 110, 111, 112, I think some people want to back up and buy Zoom. I'd be more of a buyer of, of pullbacks now on Zoom because I think that trade, you know, valuations, forget about it. You can't look at these, none of these things from valuation right now. But, you know, if the market starts to sell off again, Zoom could start to show some life. So it's just a, basically when you're buying Zoom, you're betting on, on, on a market fall here as of, as of late anyways. And then Teladoc, same story. It fell yesterday, got that one right. Obviously, I made some money with the two, um, shorting it after the show was done. Um, 
it, I'd say yesterday's low, though, 143.07, probably got some support there now, too. So I trade those two together. I mean, Teladoc hasn't had the fall that Zoom had, but it also isn't under investigation for how they're handling privacy either. So some other factors involved there. Uh, Zoom had a downgrade yesterday, too. And that didn't help. And it was an, a big one to underweight. So, I mean, valuations never made sense. This isn't going in my long-term investment portfolio at all. But for trading, I love trading Zoom. You know, I trade Zoom lots of days because it's got that nice move where some people don't, you know, aren't paying attention. And like I said, it's been moving counter to the market. So just like Teladoc yesterday, you get a chance to short Teladoc. It was trading to 151, 152, the entire pre-market. With Zoom trading down, I was like, eventually it might follow suit. What happened? It opened and went straight down. So there's, you know, some trades in there where you just got to understand correlations and relationships. And relationships are constantly evolving. Some relationships are eternal. I mean, you know, you look at, you know, like a risk arb situations, different relationships are just there. They're very, you know, well spelled out. E-Trade, Morgan Stanley is risk arb. That's a relationship that you know isn't going to be changing anytime soon unless the deal falls apart. But when you look at Teladoc Zoom, right now, as of late, there's been a relationship that they move negatively with the market. So that's a tradable relationship. It's a relationship that everybody has, every algo hasn't identified. So when you can identify relationships that the algos aren't trading, there's opportunity there. All right, 832, a uh, little bump up here, uh, 2722. We got a few minutes before Nick Shaheen comes on, uh, author of Create Income with Option Spreads. He'll be talking about his strategies over the last week and how he'll be uh, approaching the markets today. Uh, why don't we, what about these airlines, Dennis? Uh, you know, not getting a little bump today, but uh, American Airlines up a buck twenty-one. Uh, Delta recovered from the yeah. war in sell. I mean, these are just hanging out near their lows here. I guess uh, getting a little bit of a pop. Belt, uh, Delta's up by two sixty. So I, I have a lot of thoughts here, and these would have been up substantially yesterday if not for the Warren Buffett uh, sales that that went on. Obviously, he sold a portion of his shares. That got major media attention, and that kept the stocks down on a day that everything was dashing for trash. Well, that's yesterday's news. Today, we continue the dash for trash, and that's why they're buying the airlines all of a sudden, too. So it gave you an opportunity. We talked about the LUV level saying 30 bucks, and look at that low yesterday. It kissed $30, and now it's at 34 So I didn't have the guts to get in there and get down and dirty. But I tell you, a lot of these you know, airlines were, when, when a dash for trash was coming in, if you had the guts yesterday... Um, you would have made some money buying, you know, on the dip yesterday. And then obviously if you're held overnight, you're making substantially amount of money here this morning. We don't know what a bailout's going to look like for these things. We do know that most of the airlines are potentially going to need one, unless we you know maybe this all turns around and we get out of lock out a lockdown the next week. But I don't think anybody's jumping into to board a plane right away. And Delta says they're burning $50 million a day. So they need a bailout probably, probably do. Um, so we don't know what that looks like. And that's the uncertainty of jumping into these. You know, if the bailout looks okay, if they give them some nice terms, if it's more just like a loan, a temporary loan that they're going to pay back when we get out of this thing, then that's okay. If it's got some dilution in it, that's where the shares are going to have trouble. So we don't know what that looks like. I'm staying away from the airlines personally, but I'm not surprised they're bouncing and they could bounce some more. So I would not, I wouldn't want to be short them either. Something staying away. Something worth considering uh, on on the airlines, or at least on Buffett and his transactions uh, regarding the airlines. Here is uh, he his stake in in, in Delta and I, I believe Southwest here. Both of them are now below the ten percent threshold, which means he doesn't have to report when he sells until 
uh, 13F, 45 days after the end of the quarter. Yeah, good point. So, so he he's free if he do wants. Do whatever he wants right now. I mean, not that he couldn't do it before, but he would have had to disclose it. Uh, we would know within two days. Right. We would know. He's free to liquidate his entire stakes, and we won't know until 45 days after the end of – uh, I guess we're this is the second quarter, so 45 days from the end of Q2, which is a long. That's that's what August. So um, he could. Yeah, do the that airlines now. are going to be a lot different price by August. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right, exactly. So we're not going to know much for more unless he comes on CNBC and tells us what he's doing. Which sometimes right. he talks to Becky quick. Becky's pretty exactly. good at getting that information out of him. So maybe you know Becky can get on there and uh, <laughs> get some information out of her. But uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. Unless he's going to come in and, and bail bail him out, I don't expect to hear from Warren on the airlines anytime soon. Uh, let's bring on our guest here, Nick Shaheen. As we mentioned, he's the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. Joins us every other week to give us uh, his view on the market and uh, talk about some trades he's been making and share some charts with us. Nick, good morning. Good morning to you guys. You know, I never noticed the wall behind you, Spence. That's outstanding. Oh, thanks. Did we get a new thanks. sign today? We did it. We do have a new sign today. I would be glad to. Joe already asked me to explain it. I would be glad. Free Joe so Exotic? I, is that it? I'd be, yes, I'd be glad to explain <laughs> what explain that means. Explain this one because I don't get it. What? Oh, man. Oh, am I supposed well, to get this one, Nick? I, I, I didn't either. I didn't either. What? <laughs> Nick, explain it. If Nick gets it, I'm impressed that Nick gets this. Explain this, please. Well, Joe Exotic, it's a tiger show, a show about um, the king of tigers, I guess. And oh, it's a yep. saga between some hick who is a fantastic personality who's in jail now. Yeah. And okay. So here's how I'll describe it. The show is called Tiger King. It's on Netflix. Somebody asked me, someone in the chat asked us about Netflix and what we think about it. Based on this show, I, I would buy Netflix. I mean, it's the most watched show on Netflix every day for the last two weeks running. Uh, it's a, it's a seven part documentary series, true crime about two private zoo owners who own a lot of uh, exotic cats, tigers, lions, etc. Uh, one private zoo owner in Florida may or may not have killed their spouse, and the other one is, cur- is in Oklahoma and, he's, and is currently in jail. And those are the two principal characters. For conspiring to kill her. <laughs> for conspiring to kill the other one. <laughs> so those, nice are the, story. Those, are the, those are the two principal characters in this true crime documentary um, and you really need to watch it. And there's not a lot of teeth combined, so. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of meth mouth in, in, in this show, um, as they call it. Anyway, the, the Free Joe Exotic, the, I, I don't mean that seriously, but really, if you, if you haven't watched that show, there's not much else to do. Just watch it. It's, it's pretty funny. Uh, Nick, what do you think about this market here and the rally we've been having? So um, it, it's, it's a lot of technicals and for a couple of things that I like is that a few things are going back to quote normal and the, the VIX is trending lower, although I don't expect it to fall. We just had 10 million people fire for unemployment claims here, unemployment claims in the US, but it is trending lower even on bad days of the market. A couple of days ago, we had a red day and the VIX was red too. Um, so, and the other thing is that the open interest is being respected a little bit. I expected a pop towards 2,700 um, because of what the open interest was telling me in the SVX and the SVY. And it came, it, it worked. I mean, we're in it right now. So that makes sense. So we're back to kind of expecting, I mean, getting price action that I would expect under normal circumstances. We're not back to normal. And we do have room to rally even more, uh, maybe even to the high 2800s, because we're in a zone to where we are at a ledge. So it starts from like 2770, we should be in resistance, but it can go to 2880 or so. 
So to you, is, is this is this like a pure technical rally? Is that, is that well, how you're viewing it? it? You know how it goes. They overshoot one way and then the other. Uh, the, the, the rally to the peak when we had the virus going was kind of crazy. The fall from it was even crazier. Somewhere in the middle lies the truth. So we're trying to, to lessen that pendulum swing. I mean, you guys nail it on almost everything you say here. Uh, and it's all the same concept. They overshoot one way or another. Like the, the love for Zoom was insane. And the hate for it is going to, to probably overshoot lower. I just posted, you know, I, I heard your comments and I agree with you on the level side, Dennis, on, on Zoom. Yep. But, but if it loses the recent low, it may trigger some sort of a huge head and shoulders that could target the 80s. Yeah, so that's true too. As long as they hold that, I'm okay with it. But don't be in love with it because it's like three or four times more expensive than zero. It's like a very expensive. 100%. I, I don't I'd look say, for value in those stocks, but when it's more expensive than the expensive stuff, then it yeah. becomes like a... <laughs> yeah, the, the, the trade, and that's why this will not touch my long-term investment portfolio. Like I've said for Zoom the whole time, the valuation has never made any sense. And I mean, there is definitely competition here. I mean, Zoom is an awesome product. We use it every day, but Cisco's got a product. You know, Ring Microsoft Central. has a Google Ring Hangouts. There's, there's a lot of potential competition here yeah so definitely uh, low barriers to entry we'll say that much so and but you know as a trade i like it down there in that 100 level because i think if you got down there the first time maybe you got to bounce yeah on, I, on I, the first flash on the first flash low i even said to my guys in the chat and gals and i said it's a buying opportunity and they traded it for a trade and they bought it and sold it at the top they said well do i hang on to it i was like anytime i get a gift like this then 20 percent in hours i'm out uh, same thing. I mean, you got it in this environment. You can get some crazy gifts. I mean, people who are buying stocks Friday, Friday night or Friday afternoon. Well, we have, did that. Have twenty percent gifts well, in a lot yeah. of different stocks here. All of a sudden, but you said that you get out early, right? I did. I always too. do. I suck. Friday, <laughs> Friday. I said I like the cues. There was a flash pop to one ninety. I'm buying that call. You know, sure enough, on Monday morning, it was like gift. Holy cow. So turned a small bet into a, a big profit, but I got out at not at the top. Definitely. I missed the top, but I did what I always do and I will do it again. I'm okay. Leaving money on the table. But if, if you saw some clues here and there uh, and you didn't bet on, on with the flow, then you're doing better than somebody who's just following the flow, listening to the news because it's misleading. Like I, the data on the virus is getting worse. You know me. I'm on That's the what I'm of, saying. That's what you know, it is. You know, I, I track this table and I throw it into my own Excel spreadsheet. They change the columns every day. What the hell's going on with these people? So, the, so I track it into my own spreadsheet. The death rate went from, went from 1.3 to almost 3 in the U.S. We went from losing 35 a day people to 140 a day. So the data is getting worse, but maybe we're getting it in arrears like it's a delay kind of a thing so on the front line they think they might be getting a better handle on it but on the table it's not getting any better i think this was just a big time squeeze here uh from the last couple of days i said it earlier on the show i don't know if you were listening nick but you yeah, know I, I was even you know over the weekend i had been short this market and we yeah. were consolidating i was like i think it might be consolidation yeah. to eventually retest those lows yeah. and then we had the new york data numbers that weren't that bad and they want this market loves the silver lining right. you know you can see a thousand people die but they're like but the death rate's going you know and it's not as high as it was so we're seeing improvement here in the hospitalizations we're seeing a little improvement here it's That's funny how this news. market just finds a reason, yeah. you know, to, you know, look at those numbers that look really, really bad, the data, <laughs> but they'll spin it that, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, but if you chart it, the necklines work, 
the, the supports lines work. So if you're trading more on charts than news, you would make fewer mistakes. I have no, especially in periods like that, because it's emotional. Everybody's emotionally invested. You know, it depends you're, on your style. I've never been able to. So it's and obviously Nick's what, a chartist and I'm a news guy. So you're we're two different animals. <laughs> That's you're, why we butt heads. Me and Nick but butt you're, heads you're, sometimes. Because I'm a headline guy and he's a chart guy and we butt heads sometimes. I mean, trade what works for you. Headlines yeah. work for me. That's what I'm saying. You're not the typical investor. Most people don't do what do you what you do. And there's no way they're going to succeed if they chase the news. Oh, okay. The news says it's safe to buy. Then you missed it. You're buying somebody else's profits, almost guaranteed. So if, if you don't, here's my thought about the charts. I'm a fundamental investor. I use the charts as timing instrument, like a, a an advisor, because I don't do anything about the charts. So if you're trading fundamentals, not for 15, 20 years, because that's an easy bet to make for good companies. But if you're trading within the next two years and you're not using charts, you're leaving yourself at a disadvantage to the opponent. You say, what opponent? Well, anytime you're making a trade, there's the other side of that trade that thinks you're an idiot. So it, they might have more tools than you. So if you don't have the charts as a tool, then you're leaving yourself vulnerable to what they know and you don't. So that's the only reason why I use the charts and they work. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Machines are trading. They don't trade without charts. So, so Nick, how would you trade the SPY here? Okay, so the SPY is, it, it all depends on your time frame. Are you a short-term trader? Are you a, a mid-term trader? What are you looking for? So if I, I can give you my chart and I tell you where, um, so if you look back at um, a tick in, in March 13th area, 11th through the 13th, we fell off a cliff and it's just above us. So if I were to pick points of exit, 271 would be a place I definitely would not start longs because it's a ledge uh, from the 13th and a couple of days prior to that. I'll share a, a chart which has a tons of lines, but you can pick those two out of it if you look back. It's like a sharp reversal. So that's a technical way of saying, when do I not start longs? I don't start longs anywhere near that. I would rather see them take it out and then chase it higher from there. So that would be one thing how, how I would do the spies, for example. Um, the, the same concept goes through all of them. That is a lot of lines there. I'm trying to yeah, make sense but of ignore, <laughs> But listen, these are lines that I share every day with my team. So every day right. I have a plan. So I tend to change colors in order to make it easy to see what that day happened. But then I delete them after the fact. But okay. there's, Towards the left, there's a spike that failed on the 13th. So just after the yellow lines end, uh, the bar, uh, the volume bars, and yeah. it's like a sharp green reversal. That is a top I need to respect. And if you look a little bit to the left, it's a ledge where we gap down from it. So it's not going to be butter going through that. It's not going to be easy. It, they're going to hit it, fade, fight over it, and maybe get up over it. <clears throat> and after that, they can rally a little bit more. That's why I draw the yellow line. I say follow the yellow brick road here. And basically, if it goes along those ways, I don't know which way it's going to go, but if it crosses that line, I know it's going to carry in that direction to that point, if it can. Are you looking at a close? Are you looking at an hourly? I mean, this, know, is, I... this is a 60-minute chart. So every okay. bar is one hour. And, and it's when I see a breakout, if it's an intraday breakout, I share it as an alert and I say, if you're fast enough to trade it, some people use the futures, some people use the Qs or the, or the SPY itself. So everybody trades it differently and at different speeds. 
that's not my style. I don't want to do this. I want to catch the falling knives like I said I would. AMD falling, I sold puts and shared it. Um, BA falling to 90 was a blind buy. I started early, I doubled down as it hits the bottom. Easiest trade. Shorting the VIX at the highs, easy. So I, I'd rather do the boring trades like this. But this stuff works on any time frame. That's why I said, what's your time frame? Because you can apply the same logic on any time frame you want. We're at a loss for words. That doesn't happen very often here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, big, so big, wait, big, wait, wait. Let's no, take... Go ahead, yeah. now we're all talking. Okay, yeah, so, okay. so everybody stop talking. Okay. <laughs> and now so, my so alarms I'll, are show, I'll show you the, the, the SPX. I shared it with my buddies here in the ch chat before we broke down. And I said, if we are drawing a right-hand shoulder, this will happen. They go, ooh, scary. Well, guess what? It happened and then some. So... It's not, I didn't see it coming, but I knew that once we lost a level, that it was a possibility. Hey, Joe, you saw it coming. You sent me an email saying, how do I trade this? So you must be like rolling in dough right now because <laughs> you saw it coming. It's just a feel, you know, it's a feel. I, and, you know, just trying to do the levels and trying to, you know, look at things in a, a longer term perspective that you helped me with. I will tell you, um, you did. You did kind of save me um, on um, on Friday, and I because I did had a, a lead, a nice lead on some puts, and I I just I was kept on thinking we're going to see twenty four hundred, we're going to see twenty four hundred, we're going to see twenty four hundred, uh, but just it was even after the S and P, you know, the stocks closed, um, the, the I sold the lower strike, and you know I like you know I locked in you know, the profit that I had. And then, you know, some of it was gone, obviously, in the morning, and I just ate it. But, you know, being on the sell side of those options, man, I'm, I'm telling you, that can save your butt sometimes. So with the, with the VIX this high, selling makes more sense than buying. Um, so if I'm buying something, I would use spreads. If you're playing options, and you're buying something for a hopium rally or a hopium breakdown, well, even if it goes in your way, sometimes the VIX movements will affect your profits tremendously. I'll give you the opposite example. I was in, I bought VIX puts, put spreads and the VIX spiked a bazillion to, to its high. I made money. How is that possible? Because the explosion and implied volatility throughout the whole basket made it so that my puts were gaining as the VIX was rallying to highs. It was insane. That's why I said I was making money on the VIX short on days that are VIX is up and days that are VIX is down. So using the spreads works because then you're buying one expensive and you're selling one expensive, then you're not paying up a premium. Uh, so whereas if you're selling, uh, selling a put makes more sense than selling a put spread. Uh, Nick, what about these, these airlines here? I yeah. mean, as the cheap call options here. I mean, I think a lot of people are, are looking at them and saying, hey, you know, the market's running, where things are going to get back to normal. Do you, uh, this one person I talked to yesterday, I just tried to look like who, who was best in breed before that. And, you know, I kind of think Delta has been, uh, you know, a pretty good performer. The news with um, Mr. Buffett didn't help. Any, any looks, uh, any thoughts on the airlines? Okay, so... As far as the Buffett move, we don't know what his intentions are. Correct. And the, imp the, the impression is what bothered me most is that he sold his Delta. He did not sell his Delta. He, he reduced his position to a degree that we don't know why. 
And uh, so now speculation comes out. He can do whatever he wants. He can double down and nobody would know until after the fact. He can, you know, he can do whatever he wants. So anyway, as far as the stock itself, I pulled up a monthly chart because that's really the only way you can look at these. They fall in so much. So my impression is the day Trump came out and said, we will help Boeing. That was the day I said, sell puts in Boeing, because there's no way going into an election year, we're going to let our airlines fail. That is my impression. So if I want to bet on the airlines, I, I didn't like the airlines before. But for a trade, if I wanted to bet on the airlines, I would plug my nose and commit long term whether that is buying the stock itself and selling some calls along the way or buying a, a leap uh, call spread, I would probably do then just straight up call for the same reason I told you I'm paying up. There are no cheap calls. The VIX is over 40. So there's nothing cheap in the options. Uh, so everything is inflated. So I would, you, don't do everything all at once. We don't know. This is a chart that is horrendous. And, um, Usually when they punish something this badly, they have a reason with such conviction. So I'm definitely not going with the flow here. Uh, so it would be a plug your nose because nothing makes sense at this point. That's a good one. And nothing makes sense at this point. Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads and SellSpreads.com. joins the show every other Tuesday to talk about what trades he's making and what he's seeing in the market. Nick, thanks for the time. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Stay Appreciate safe. it. Looking forward. Yep, definitely. As always, stay safe. Most important thing to end every interview with these days. Yep. Uh, stay safe. All right. Uh, 8.52 here, guys. About eight minutes left in the show. Want to get to some questions uh, from the chat. Before we get to that, though, Joel, just what do you see out there? Just the same old rally? Uh, we, we've had a really quiet range here uh, during um, during the show. Uh, we've been yeah. as low as 28.17. So, you know, just got to go to the playbook here and, uh, you know, look for that, follow through for that pre-market high. Uh, take out that 27.45. You have a daily level above that. Uh, we've been talking about the 50%. Maybe, you know, everyone's expectation is going to get there today. It might take a day or two. Uh also, um, you know, coming back on the downside, it, it's really hard. I mean, to, to find a lower risk long here, I mean, I'm looking under 2,700, maybe 2,685, but seems a long, way, long ways away now. Dennis, how are those imbalances looking? Uh, to the buy side, mostly. And so it's showing what, you know, that should be showing. So I don't see any reason that we're going to pull back here at all. Um, significant across the board. You want some highlights. Visa's got 119,000 to sell. Projected open 178 here right now. The projected openings are always tough. Those move. That's a moving target. They're all a moving target. But the imbalances give you a pretty good look. I mean, just looking across the board, I see hundreds of thousands on everything. AT&T, 535,000 to buy. Bank of America, 496,000 to buy. Ford, 1.1 million to buy. G, 791,000 to buy. Disney, 260,000 to buy. You just look across Berkshire Hathaway, 108,000 to buy. ExxonMobil, 519,000 to buy. It's across the board strength here. I mean, oil's barely up, but you look at these oil stocks and they're ripping. The, the stocks are trading with the stocks. I mean, even yesterday when we saw a little bit of weakness in oil, a lot of your oil stocks were still up because the influence of the S&Ps is more influential than even the oil price right now. Uh, when the stocks are, you know, when SPY is up 3%, 
most stocks are going to be higher. I'm looking at my screen right now. The only thing I see red is a few gold stocks because gold is trading down, but even them, the GDX overall is still trading higher. So. I got gold up, Dennis. I got gold up 940 here. GLD is trading down. So hmm. that would be on the settle though from where it was. Okay. So that's why, you know, I don't buy futures quotes because again, as a prop trader, they try <laughs> to charge me 800 bucks a month for it. So I don't pay for that. I got the GLD down $1.22. So that would be from settle from sure. four o'clock. So I don't okay. have to do any fair value adjustments into that number. So it's a, it's a pure number. So $1.22 down is where GLD is relatively close. Silver's trading higher though. Um, it's, it's buy imbalances just across board. General Motors, 247000 to buy. Again, the dash for trash here is happening. Stocks that have been hit the hardest are the ones that are rallying the most here this morning. Uh, we should talk about 3M here. Haven't talked about them since last week. Uh, they've reached a deal with uh, the, the federal government. They're going to supply uh, face masks and respirators. Uh, going to import 166.5 million respirators over the next three months. They're also going to be... Uh, uh, making uh, 55 and a half million, million face masks each month here. So let's look at 3M here as it relates to the past few days. Getting some love from the Trump press conference when they announced that. Um, props to Dow Jones. They broke that before Trump announced it on the press conference that they got the deal. Um, and the stock popped up and it's continuing to pop here this morning. I'd actually be a seller of this pop um, because 3M, lower beta stock, 3M a little bit defensive. It's pro I don't think it's up five it's up five point three seven percent here right now. Uh, I think when we look at this, it's gonna be I think it'll still be up, but if you're a day trader right now, I I, I personally would be selling it. I think the stock could end up giving back half of those gains because this is just uh you know, it's a pop off the press conference, a pop off Trump, people are like all excited, but let's just think about the relationships and that's gonna move more with a Procter and Gamble. That's gonna move more, you know, with some of your XLP components because it's more defensive. So if you look, you know, XLP and you chart MMM, they're very close to each other. Well, XLP is up like 1% here this morning. So, well, actually, I guess it's up 2%. But, you know, 3M being up 5.5%, I feel is overdone. Okay, S&P's creeping back up here, uh, back in the 2730 handle. Haven't talked uh, much ratings. Is there, um, we did talk about Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't even look. <laughs> I, I don't, don't even look know, anymore because the stocks, I don't are, even stock. know what the stocks are that are downgraded will be up and the stocks that are upgraded are going to be up. <laughs> it's because the stocks are <laughs> the stock. stocks that are downgraded are going to be up. Oh, yeah, they right? will be. I can't, I can't, Hilton, downgraded here. I guarantee you it's higher. I haven't even brought up Hilton. Up 9% downgraded. Doesn't matter. All that matters right now is dash for trash. People aren't even looking at ratings right wow, now. There Unless it's something crazy today. out of the blue like the Zoom one um, from yesterday. There is a ton of downgrades. Like some people, Citigroup, but holy cow, City, what are they doing? They must be getting bearish here all of a sudden. I, there's City a lot selling of the bounce. There's a lot of downgrades. City today. looks City. like they downgraded 20 stocks. <laughs> City downgraded a, a few, let's see, a lot, a lot of oil. Of re, a lot oh, of REITs. I, REITs, I see REITs. some oil. Uh, and um, REITs. there's a lot of, there's like 50 downgrades today. There show them. Lot, Can you show the Benzinga Pro? Get an opportunity. Yeah. Let's promote our yeah. product a little bit. I sure. even talked about it in the chat there for a second we don't ever pump our product enough but uh bring up the benzinga yeah. pro just show the 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 sea yeah. of downgrades here this is Mitch. all just today so just to get you so know, and so they're selling the bounce show the show the upgrades. Not a bad call there's what like 20 upgrades there 15 upgrades how many scroll down how many yeah, downgrades are there downgrades yeah just way just a few more red. just, a, just few. a few and look how many city city just littering it city rbc's there Yep. You know what, though? City, They're city, selling city. the bounce. This is the way you're supposed to do it. 
I got props to the city city call here. They waited for the bounce to downgrade everything, and they're downgrading it all now. Oh wow! Holy. Just a few, Joel. <laughs> just, a, just a couple. Just now a couple. you guys trying to get me super bullish now. Ah, Don't Joel, do that. Joel's got the bull hat on. <laughs> uh, I I think both me and Joel are nervous about this fifty percent level. Uh yeah. I mean, let's go. Let's see. Let's get there today, and uh, and and see what happens. Right? Uh, up eighty. It's possible also, to get there today. Yeah, it's possible. And you know what? It also, you know, we've been having some pretty big average daily ranges. So that fits in the average daily range too. So just a question if I get a little dip to buy before that happens or uh, we'll see. But uh, 2745, that's the number the the spoos are giving us overnight for follow through to the upside. I I like what RJ just said in the YouTube chat. FOMO is a virus. It is true. FOMO is a virus, and oh. the only person it kills is you. <laughs> so. uh, actually, There's a fear I, of missing out uh, here happening for sure. It's a bit of a squeeze and a bit of FOMO. You are right. There are yeah. people who are chasing this rally. I think if you're chasing this rally, I think you're going to be on the wrong side eventually. You might get rewarded. Eventually. Is the key word there is eventually. Yeah, well, well, no. I mean, I mean people, the people are sticking these invest portfolios because they think we're never going down again. We're just going to go straight up to all-time yeah. highs. I don't think that's the case. I think we'll get back. I think we will eventually. I don't think we're getting to those lows. I, I, unless, you know, the crisis worsens dramatically. You know, like people start getting reinfected. That, that, that would be real bad. But um, if, you know, this crisis obviously uh, is going to be going on for a while, I think you're going to get a chance in 250 to 260 spy again. I do think that, you know, 245 to 255, we were, that was a big area of congestion. I think we'll come back down eventually, you know, maybe in the next week or two, we get some bad headlines, bring us back down there. I don't think we're going straight up to 300. Some people are going straight up to 300. I don't think so. Um, I'm, I'm at this point, not chasing further. I was chasing a bit yesterday. At this point, I'm not chasing. Are you got before we wrap up the show, are you guys ready for a new word that I, I cannot take credit for? What do you got? A okay. word? You, you invented a word? A Wait, like, word. A word that, like a word that you learned? A, the, a buddy of mine that I lived in, uh, with in college and uh, grew up in Monroe with, Rob Holman, he says he is now referring to people who are disregarding social distancing and other common sense advice as COVIDians. Oh, I saw that in Twitter. Oh, you did? I saw that on okay. Twitter too. Covidiots. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that too. Right. Covidiots. Oh, see, so out of this crisis, we got a new word. Yep. yep. So, <laughs> that right. takes it, up, it, it, so does the Georgia else. governor fall into that category since he reopened all the beaches in oh, Georgia? And that's what annoys me is because if you look at the number of new deaths yesterday, Georgia was a hot spot. Georgia like led the country. I cannot in, believe that in new deaths yesterday. He, so, so, so if you weren't following the story over the weekend, it was a mandatory order to reopen the beaches in Georgia. No, no, and, no. Back up a no. Back up a day. Back yeah, up okay, one go. day. It, it go was an order. To, it was an go. order to close everything, and then the very next day, order to reopen the beaches. And there's a mayor in one of the like the beach towns that like doesn't want to reopen. Like literally, is there? I mean, a lot and, of them don't want to reopen. Quite frankly, well, why? I yeah. mean, there's obvious yeah. reasons we don't want to reopen the beaches. This was yeah. the same governor. Sorry, Georgia, but this was the same governor that just found out that I, asymptomatic people can spread it. I don't. I don't know if he just found that out. He I said don't know it how, on the call. I, I know that's what he said. He said it in the press conference. I he don't said know it on the press. Oh, I didn't. So news I, to I, me. I know that's what he said. I know that's what he said. I don't. I don't know. Now, no one knows really like what I'm he probably going to get but... some hate mail because people probably love this governor, but 
Maybe. Let's get more informed, Mr. Governor. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he really That's a bad knew, thing it, to say. It is what he said. That was a bad thing to say. You're right. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up here. I want to thank our guest, Nick Shaheen. You can always catch the replay of the show on YouTube or catch the podcast on whatever podcast platform you prefer, whether it be iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, catch a uh, free trial and a subsequent discount to Benzinga Pro by clicking on the link in the description of this video. That's our real-time news platform please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes not for investing or trading advice joel and i will be back with you at 3 40 in the meantime everyone have a great rest of your day and stay safe wherever you are spring is in full bloom are your finances with the chime secured credit builder visa credit card you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments all with no annual fees or interest with chime secure credit card you can start improving your credit scores right away get started today at chime.com build that's chime.com build chime feels like progress the chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by bancorp bank na or stride bank na members fdic out of network atm withdrawal and otc advance fees may apply terms and conditions apply go to chime.com disclosures for details when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply